0: You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I want you to just think right now for a minute with me of a name that's famous. I want you to think about a name that uh, that just stands out to you. I went to the internet and I googled what are the greatest names in history and there's a lot of different lists, a lot of different replies and you'll find people on that list like the Buddha, you'll find Alexander the Great, You'll find Muhammad, people like Gandhi. Napoleon will be on that list. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, you'll find Mother Teresa. And the lists go on and on. And while all these names are held in high regard and, and they should be in a lot of different ways, they're all honorable. But there's only one name that will save your soul. There's only one name that is Savior. The Bible tells us that there is salvation in no one else. And God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Hear me, church. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. There's no other name that the demons tremble when they hear that name. There's no other name that can save you from a life of dire need and bring you into a place of abundance in his grace and his mercy than the name of Jesus. So I want to talk about that. We're going to continue our series that I titled Savior And I want to talk about how important the name of Jesus is to you. How important the name of Jesus is to me. And how important the name of Jesus is to those around us that have never heard that name or declared that name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person that's listening in this first service Lord, thank you for maybe the person that will listen on the podcast. We ask your blessing upon your word, and I pray, Lord God, that the words that I speak will be ones that will glorify you, that, Lord, as we leave this place today, that we will all know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is Savior, that Jesus Christ is Lord Supreme, that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. We pray this in his name, and everyone said amen. Amen. So I want to talk this morning about four truths, four solid truths from the Bible about the name of Jesus and and how important that is to us and, and to our lives and how important that is to others that we go around because I really believe that God has called us to have an impact on society. I believe God's called us to make a difference in people's lives. See, every person that got baptized here this morning, someone made an impact on their lives. Margie? Someone was there in a time of despair. And I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. (laughs) Someone has been there to reach out with the love of God. Someone has been there to reach out with the hands of God. So the first truth that I want to talk about is that there's no other name that can save you and can reconcile you to the Father. There is no other name under heaven that can save your soul, that can reconcile you to the Father. In fact, Jesus said something that is incredible, and this this statement stands above any other statement that you'll ever hear. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Every time we hear that statement, it really says there are no in-betweens with Christ. There, There are no, there's no gray area. It's black and it's white. He either is the way to the Father, He either is the only way, He either is the only truth, He either is the only part of life eternal, or He's not. He does not leave us. Any wiggle room whatsoever. See, there's no other person in human history that has ever made this claim. All of these people that I listed that are on, 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 on different historical lists of great people and great names, they never made the claim that they were the way to the Father. Never. The only place that you will possibly find someone making that kind of a claim will be in a nut house. Because when you start making those claims, there's just, I mean, there's some pretty amazing claims. I love the way that Bono put it from U2. Great singer made an impact in the world, and one of the leaders in the AIDS uh, 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 coming and, and, and helping in that cause, Bono did. And, and when you start finding out more about Bono, you find out that there's more to him than just his music. There's more to him than just the, 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 the heart to help people. There's more to him. There's an anchor to Bono, and that anchor is Jesus. And so they were questioning Bono one day and and they asked him uh, these questions uh, about Christ and and he said this, these words, I think they're amazing. He said, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet who had a lot to say along the lines of other great prophets, uh, be, be they Elijah or Muhammad or Buddha or Confucius, but actually Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off that hook. Christ says, no, I'm not saying that I'm a teacher. Don't call me a teacher. I'm not saying that I'm a prophet. I'm saying that I'm the Messiah. I'm saying I am God incarnate. I'm saying, and people say, no, 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 please, be just be a prophet. A prophet we can take. So what you're left with is either Christ who Either Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, or he is a complete nutcase. And so what Bono says is, I've put my trust that Christ is the Messiah. I've heard it from his own mouth. That Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is incarnate. He is the one that was promised in the Old Testament that came and he fulfilled everything that we could not do. All the law was fulfilled in Christ so that we could walk in the grace of God, in the acceptance of what Christ did. The good news is that Jesus is not a lunatic, but he's the Savior of the world. And he's made the way. For you and I, he's made the way for you and I, so we do not have to perish, but so we could have life with God eternal and an abundant life here on earth. And his abundance is not like the world thinks abundance is. His abundance is not some financial gain, even though He gives us financial gain sometimes. It's not about having status. It's about having the peace and the love and the joy and the self-control that comes through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And He walks us, and He leads us, and He guides us, and He directs us, and He loves us, and He loves us unconditionally. And when we mess up, He still loves us. And when we do well, he doesn't love us any more. He doesn't love us any less. He's constant. He's constant. There's no one, no one that can love you like God. There's no one that can love you Like God. And that's why Jesus, when He loves you, He loves you like God because He is God. If He wasn't, His love would be incomplete. Hear me now. If He wasn't the Messiah, His love would fall short. But because He's the Messiah, His love is complete and He fills you and He sustains you. And he walks with you if we let him. So, Pastor, what, how do I apply this? What, what do I do to apply this in my life? And here, look at your applications and your outline. If you have your outlines, that's that's a wonderful thing. And everyone should have an outline. It's wonderful to go along with this. Settle the fact. Settle the fact that you're lost without Jesus. And make the choice to follow him today. See, we all have to settle that. We all have to settle that. Either you're you're okay without Christ. In other words, either you say I- I'm okay. I'm not as bad as everyone else. But the problem with that 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 comment is that you may not be worse than someone else. But you or, or but you probably don't. You're not perfect. You don't you don't come. You don't measure up to that perfect line that God measures by. He doesn't measure by. He's almost perfect. He measures by perfection. You got to keep the law. And so we all fall short of that. And so you have to get to that place that you settle the fact that you're lost without Jesus and you make the choice to follow him. Today, the Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not that you can be saved. It says you will be saved. Can I tell you, Margie? Today, Santana, can I tell you something? G- uh, Ken, today you declare that Jesus is your, your Lord. You're saved. You're saved. He washed your sins, past, present, and he doesn't leave you on your own to, for the future. Future, your sins are washed away for the future so that you can walk in the goodness of God. If you didn't walk in that, it wouldn't be Grace. It would be works. And so you, you grab a hold of that truth. So he says, for, for with the heart the person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. So when you say Jesus is your Lord, you are declaring that he is who he says he is and he will save you. That's the first application. The second application, is you pray a prayer, if you've never prayed a prayer, now, God, God doesn't have these specific prayers, but it goes something like this. And I, anyone that wants to join me, we usually do this at the end, but I want to do it in the beginning today. And you just pray a simple prayer. And, and if you will pray with me, guess what it means? You're giving your heart to Christ. It says, God, God, I'm, I'm lost without you. I'm tired of trying to find my own way. Today, I'm choosing your way. Thank you for sending Jesus to save me from my sins. I confess he died for all of my sins on the cross at Calvary. And I believe that he rose again on the third day just like the scripture said he would. I choose to follow him from this day forward in the fellowship of his church. Amen. Amen. You made a declaration. You prayed to God. You, 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 you said, I'm inadequate without you. I'm walking away from my own way, and I'm walking toward your way. I'm embracing everything you have for me so that I can walk in the goodness of God. Now, so wh- you have prayed that prayer. And some of you t- today, you have prayed that prayer. What, what's my next step, pastor? What do I do? This is very important right here. You tell someone. You tell someone. And you can also mark it on the connection card. We, you're a church. Why don't you mark it? On the connection card it says, today I've made, I've made a decision to follow Jesus. Why, am I do, why do I have to tell anybody? I want to keep it a secret. What I do with God is between me, and him, and I, Pastor. Don't be, tell, don't be telling me what to do. No, I'm not telling you what to do. God will tell you what to do. God will direct you. It's very important for you to go public with your new decision to follow Christ. He came to save you. And can I tell you that Jesus is not ashamed to admit it. That's right. Jesus is not shady. He doesn't go and say, you know what, I, don't, I, have, I have nothing to do with John. I, I just don't, I don't have nothing to do with, I don't. And then when he comes around you, he says, hey, John, how you doing? Yeah. All right. He doesn't go to Ralph and say, you know, Ralph, hey, man, how you doing, bro? High five. And then whenever he he sees you with other people, he sees you with the father, he's going to say, I don't know that dude. I don't know that homeboy. Don't know who that is. The Bible says that everyone who will acknowledge me, this is Jesus talking. He says, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Another translation says, anyone that will confess me here on earth I will confess him before my father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my father in heaven. Why is it important for you to go public? Because you are confessing him in front of people. How would you like to get married? How many of you would like to get married? How many of you would like to get unmarried? Don't don't raise your hand. (laughs) Don't do it. We'll talk later. Make an appointment. We'll have a meeting. But how would you like for you to get married and then the next week you go and, and you are shady with your husband or your wife and you don't even admit that they're, you know, they're your husband or your wife? How would you like that? There'd be some problems in Old Town, in Oracle, right? There'd be some problems in Saddlebrook. There'd, wherever you live, there'd be some problems. We, we admit, we confess, we witness who we're married to. That's exactly how we should be with Jesus. We should always Raise the banner and say, I'm a follower of Christ. I am not ashamed of Jesus. I want for you today to make a decision that you will declare this week to people around you. You don't go crazy. Don't, don't go all loony on us and, you know, you just be, be cool about it. Be suave. But don't be embarrassed of Christ because he's not embarrassed of you. Don't be don't don't be afraid to share his goodness. Okay. Um, the next thing that you do in in the application, so you've got three things, right? First thing, you got to pray for him to be your savior. You've got to say, Lord, I need you. That's a declaration. I need you. The next thing that you do is you 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 uh you 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 tell people of what you've done, right? I mean, you 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 pray. First thing, you admit. Second thing, you, you pray. Third thing is that you tell people. And the fourth thing that is very important, and that's what happened this morning, and it happens constantly wherever God is moving, this will always be a part of the church, is you get baptized. You get baptized. Water baptism does not save you. Just like a wedding ring does not marry me. does not say This, is, this does not mean that I'm married, but it tells everybody that I'm married. Amen? I'm not embarrassed to wear this wedding ring. Faith in Christ saves you. Confessing Him as Lord saves you. Water baptism declares that you're saved. And, And you go into His death and you're raised up into new life. It's a symbol. It's a wonderful symbol that helps us to, to grab a hold of that. The Bible says this each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's important. You, you've been walking away from God. You turn around. You come to God through faith. You confess Jesus as your Lord. And then every New Testament believer got baptized, not as a baby. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say that believers got baptized at babies because babies don't know what they're doing until they are about two years old. (laughs) Well, let's go back. Eleven months. Our grandbaby Stephen's been doing something like, "Now I know why we need a Savior." (laughs) We all do. Amen. Amen. And so, so you have to turn around. You come back. You confess Jesus, but you need to get baptized. And then it says this, okay, uh, in in Romans 6, 4, it says, Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death. That's how important baptism is. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So today, these these three that came, what happened in the water is a declaration. It's a a wonderful act act of obedience. They're coming out of the water, and, and Jesus is declaring their new in me, There is a new start. The old things have passed. The new things are coming. God is in control. God will empower you. God will strengthen you. No matter what you're going through, He will be there for you. Man, let's go home. That's, that's just. No, I got three more points. But that's the gospel right there. That's the gospel. That's what saves us right there. The the, the second truth is there is no other name that can mediate for you to the Father. There's no other name that can intercede, that can speak for you to the Father. You know, I think about this. there's There's a lot of ways that we communicate on this earth. You can, you, can, uh, you can text now, you can send emails, you can call people, you can uh, do all kinds of different things. And there's a lot of different networks. There's a lot of different carriers, like you've got Sprint, you've got Verizon, you've got AT&T, you've got CenturyLink, and the list goes on and on and on and on. But there's only one access to the Father. And the only access to the Father is through the name Of Jesus. There's only one service plan in heaven, and that's the Jesus plan. Doesn't matter what what carrier you have here on earth, you need Christ. Maybe you were raised in a denomination. I was raised in a denomination where when I was growing up, I was taught that you pray through a different individual, maybe a saint here or go through this or go through this avenue. Can I tell you the Bible teaches us that Jesus saves us from going through other persons we have a direct line to God through Christ. Have you ever talked to people about have you ever talked to someone and said would you please go and give this message and they go and give a message to someone and it's completely different than what you want it to say? Try that with 5 people. We used to have a prayer chain. We we used to have this prayer chain, so people would call, please put this on the prayer chain. I've got a broken left toe. By the time it got to the 10th person, they had amputated one leg. <laughs> one arm was in surgery, and they had lost their mind. So that person would say, you know, thanks for praying. Yeah, your mind do, you seem to be doing better. When you go through many, many, many people, by the way, we don't have a prayer chain here at LWC, but we pray whenever we get prayer needs. Every person just prays for that directly because it's so important. Um, The Bible says that there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, and that is the man Christ Jesus. You don't have to go through a lot of different things. You don't have to light a bunch of candles and say, maybe this is a candle that God will smell the aroma and He will answer my prayer. It doesn't work that way. God is not a fool. God is not a dummy. If we can talk to each other, why don't we think as people that we can just talk to God? We do all kinds of crazy things. Maybe if I, maybe if I take off my shoe and pray without my shoe not on, maybe God will hear me. I've got to put my shoe back. Poochie. <laughs> Why do I do these things? And so, so we have to understand that with the Lord, there is direct access to the Father. We don't have to go a lot of different ways. There's a great pastor, his name was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he put it like this, and I love what he said. He said, Jesus, he stands between us and God. And for that very reason, he stands between us and all other men and things. He is the mediator, not only between God and man, but between man and man. Because man and reality, I mean, between man and reality, since the whole world was created through him and unto him, he is the sole mediator in the world. Now that is so important because if you don't grab a hold of this truth, without Jesus mediating for us, there can be deceit that can creep in. Even in your relationships, if you keep Jesus out without having him mediate, there can be deceit that can creep in. There can be things that will come into your life that can harm you. You need Jesus in every aspect. Amen? He goes on to say, the call of Jesus teaches us that our relation to the world has been built on an illusion. All the time we thought we had enjoyed a direct relationship with men and things. This is what has hindered us from faith and obedience. Now we learn that in the most intimate relationships of life, in our kinship with father and mother, brothers and sisters, and married love, and in our duty to the community, direct relationships are impossible. Since the coming of Christ, his followers have no more immediate realities of their own, not in their family relationships, nor in the ties with their nation, nor the relationships formed in, in the process of living. Between father and son, husband and wife, the individual and the nations stands Christ, the mediator, whether they are able to recognize him or not. We cannot establish direct contact. Outside ourselves, except through him, through his word, and through our fellowship of him. To think otherwise is to deceive ourselves. Grab a hold of this. If Christ is not in every relationship that you have, there is a problem. If you leave Jesus outside of your marriage, the devil will creep in. If you leave Jesus outside of your business negotiations, the devil will creep in. If you leave Jesus outside of your relationship with your mom, with your dad, the devil will creep in. And he'll try to penetrate and separate you. He'll try to come and cause havoc. We absolutely need Jesus in every aspect of our lives. The, the, the world, the devil, our flesh are dead set against us. But Jesus is for us. Jesus doesn't leave us when we make a mistake. He's always standing with us. He's always walking with us. He's always Holding us if we let him. The Bible puts it like this in, in, in Luke uh, 22, 31 and 32. See, Peter, Peter thought that he could stand on his own. Peter said, told Jesus, I'll never leave you. I will ne- I'll stand right by you. I don't care what happens, Lord. I don't care if people come after you. I will stand with you. And Jesus looked right into his eyes and he said to him in his in his name that he would change to Peter, which means rock, he looked at him and he said, Simon, because Simon means that you're unstable. He said, Simon, Simon, remember what I said whenever Jesus uses two, two, two names, when he mentions your name twice, it's because it's important. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. You know what that teaches me? is that the devil hates us and he wants to cut you up he wants to steal kill and destroy he wants to come into your life he does not have good plans for us he wants to sift you like wheat simon and then he says but i have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you once you have turned again he said you're going to fail but once you've turned again he said strengthen your brothers You're going to go through a failure. I'm going to allow for you to see that you cannot make it without me. Can I tell you that our failures are sometimes the best thing that could happen to us? Our failures show us that we absolutely positively need Christ in every aspect of our lives. And it shows us that he's praying for us, he's interceding for us, and he's going to strengthen us no matter what we go through. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is going to be there for you. How do we apply this? What do I do, pastor? I need some practical stuff. First thing, allow Jesus to intercede for you in the circumstances that are beyond your control. Let him into that circumstance that's beyond your control. Let him have the reins. Let him take control. Give him permission. The Bible says, therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Can I tell you that Jesus never stops speaking on our behalf? Never. And guess what? I need that. Because I mess up on a daily basis. That's why I came to Christ, because I need him. And he continually is speaking on my behalf and saying, you know, Father, I'm going to help him with that. We're not done. Holy Spirit's working. I'm here. I'm praying for him i say that i love them i love them because i see your blood that's watching him i see your blood that's working on him it's cleansing him truth number three no other name assures you that your prayer is heard and is powerful There's no other name that will give you an assurance that your prayer will be heard. See, every prayer that's prayed in the name of Christ is heard. And it's powerful. He saves us from babbling. You ever babbled? Said a bunch of things? And usually when we pray and we babble, it's about the same things over and over, right? And God says, I already know that. Think about it. We go on and on, Lord, 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 you know, my son, Lord, my son, my, you know. And you go on and on and on and on and on. But Jesus, you know, the disciples asked him, Lord, how do we pray? And Jesus taught him exactly how to pray. He says, first, when you pray, he said, don't babble on. Don't babble on and on and on as people of other religions do. Don't they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again, and they go on and they pray the same prayer over and over and over, hitting the head. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Isn't that a revelation? Isn't that, could, could, how could that happen? How could God, how could God, the Creator of everything, how could He know what we need before we tell Him? Because He's God. Yeah. But when you pray, He said, pray like this. He says, Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, or hallowed is your name. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what I do is I say, Lord, Father, your name is holy. Your name is righteous. Your name is amazing because you can expand on this prayer. And then you say, may your will be done here in Oracle, here in my life, as it is in heaven. May the things that I do, Lord God, bring glory to your name. May your your will be done, Father. I want to submit myself to your will. Right? Right? He went on and said, uh, uh, give us today the food that we need. And some of us, he's given us more than what we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So every time there's temptation, it's an opportunity for you to say, Lord, I don't want to do it. Help me, strengthen me so I don't be overcome by it. We all have that. We all have temptations. And let me tell you, temptations don't ever end. Even when you cannot do the things that you're being tempted to do because you're older, you still get tempted. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I talk to people. I said, Well, you can't even do that anymore. But I still think about it. Oh, okay. Cool. And so we we begin to find out, you know, that that you're always going to be tempted. So you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, I need your strength. Protect me from that evil one, that devil that wants to destroy my life. There's power. There's power when we pray in Jesus' name. Sometimes it's just good for us to say, Jesus. Sometimes it's just good for us to say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus of Nazareth, I trust in you. Jesus of Messiah, I trust in you. The blood of Jesus, I plead that over my life. The blood of Christ, I plead that over me. Lord, see this thought that I'm having? See, sometimes you have a thought and you're thinking, why why am I thinking like this? I'm so bad. No, God wants to deal with that. Bring it to him. Say, Lord, I'm having these thoughts. Lord, what's going on right here? Talk to him. And say, devil, I don't want no part of it. Can anyone say that? Devil, I don't want no part of it. I don't want no part of that. I don't want to live, I don't want to live in, these, in these different um, uh, ways where, 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 you're, where you're trying to destroy me. I know that where you're trying to lead me will destroy me because here's the thing. One moment of satisfaction, 5 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of satisfaction can be a lifetime of regret. But 30 minutes of torture, being tempted... And you resisting through the power of God can be a lifetime of peace. Now, what about when you mess up, Pastor? You go to the name of Jesus. You go to Jesus. And He brings you into restoration because you're saved. You're not saved past, present, you're saved past, present, future. I love how Jesus told His disciples in John 5 16, He said, You did not choose me, you're not that smart. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. In other words, Christ working in us will always produce fruit. He'll always do great things, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Beloved, we need to ask things in the name of Jesus. Pastor, does that mean that I can get that little red Corvette? That I've been wanting? Probably not. Because that's not something that you need. I mean, if you need it, God will give it. Amen? Amen. But we go in the name of Christ and we pray and let God begin to, to move you out and get things through His name. Application number one start praying in the name of Jesus. When you pray, I'll tell you this. In Jesus' name. When you talk to God, say, in Jesus' name. Don't ever leave out, in Jesus' name. I love the way that S.D. Gordon put it. He's a great theologian. He said, the greatest thing anyone can do for God and man is pray. It is not the only thing, but it is the chief thing. The great people of the earth today are the people who pray. I do not mean those who talk about prayer nor those who say they believe in prayer nor yet those who can explain about prayer, but I mean those people who will take a little bit of time and pray. The problem that you're going through is not bigger than God, and you bring it to Him. That's talking to me, PJ, right here. What I'm going through, I can talk to God about it. And I can say in Jesus' name, I believe you're working. I believe you're in control. You're not done. There's power in the name of Jesus. Last truth, truth number four. Raise your hand right now if, you, if you're thinking about lunch. Just raise your hand. Oh, got yeah, about three or four. Good. Me too. I just had, I just had that thought. You know, I thought I'd bring it out. Truth truth number four, no other name has the power of God to heal. No other name has the power of God to heal. Can I tell you that every doctor that ministers, administers help in every hospital, can I tell you that's the hand of God working through them? That's the gift of God working in them, even if they don't recognize it. Medicine, that's the hand of the creator. A chemist that puts it all together, that's, a, that's the intelligence of the creator. You know, we've got many ministries at Living Word Chapel that help and they heal the hurts of people. There's Celebrate Recovery. It's a 12-step uh, christian program that delivers people from habits and hang-ups it helps people it, it it just takes them out of a place where they were living a certain way they're in a rut and god takes them into a new world there's freedom in christ it's a wonderful ministry that helps people understand their true identity in christ and how to overcome the negative effects of sin and the world and how they overcome the devil There's Theophostics. It's a ministry where God shines His light, the light of Christ, into the darkest parts of people's circumstances and their past hurts, and He provides hope and restoration because the light of Jesus casts out the darkness. But the only thing that gives them the power to heal and restore is the name of Jesus. Celebrate recovery without Jesus is no recovery at all. Freedom in Christ without Christ is bondage. Theophostics without Jesus being the light takes the theo out of it, takes the theo out which is God and then the phos which is light is eliminated. There's power To heal in the name of Jesus. There's power to heal. If you're here today and you're going through a dark time, if you're going through difficulty, there is power to be healed in the name of Jesus. It's not through a person that's here or there or there or there. It's through the name of Jesus. Now we can pray in the name of Christ and I believe with all of my heart that that name has power and it can heal people. It's not, my, it's not me, it's not my special prayer, it's not all these things. It's through the name of Jesus that there is restoration and there's healing in our lives. Peter and John, first, first, first time that they go out to the temple after, they, uh, after Pentecost, and, and they had been filled, talk about A.D. We'll talk about this, in fact, during the sermon series of, of A.D. Uh, but they go to the temple to go and pray and there's a lame man that's there, he's a lame beggar, and he's sitting there, you know, and he's begging, he's asking for alms. So he's sitting there and, and, and he, you know, he says, you know, can you help me? He's a poor beggar and, 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 and in dire, dire need. And Peter looks at him and, and, and here's the amazing thing, he had been there for 40 years, the Bible tells us, 40 years. Now Jesus used to go into the temple, but for some reason Jesus did not heal this guy. Can I tell you why I believe? He didn't heal them because he had a plan that his disciples would. Are you with me? This is important for you because there are times that maybe someone needs for you to take a step of faith and to pray for them, maybe God will do something through you. So Peter and John, Peter looks at him, he says, silver and gold I I don't have. But in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And that lame man somehow got strengthened. The Holy Ghost filled him and he, he got this restoration and he jumped up. And he, well, he, I, I'm, I'm trying to visualize this because he probably didn't jump up. He probably just got up at first, you know, and, and did this lame man shuffle. And he did this lame man. But then he started, you know, he, just, he got a little bit of Mexican in him, you know. He, Then he got some brother in them. Then he got a little bit of Oklahoma. So everyone was amazed. They're saying, whoa, my goodness, look what happened. This dude has been there for 40 years. He is walking. And, And so they all come to him. The Bible says, they, the people, they all rushed out in amazement into Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So this guy, Peter and John, you are amazing. You are amazing. And Peter saw, I love this, I'm tired. (sighs) (laughs) He saw his opportunity and he addressed the crowd and he said, people of Israel. There must have been a lot of people. What is so surprising about this? And why do you stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or our godliness? Our godliness. For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. I have seen with my own eyes God heal people. And I continually see people being healed through the name of Jesus. I will never cease to believe that Jesus does not have the power to heal. He restores he, he, he takes us out of ha- habitual sin. He, he's the only one that can take you out of a meth addiction and restore you completely. He's the only one that can take you out of a heroin addiction and restore you completely. He's the only one that can take you out of a, a place of, of, of health that you're, that you're direly sick and He can restore you completely because Jesus' name is powerful. Now, God doesn't always heal the way that we think. Sometimes our greatest healing is when we go into his hands in glory. And that is the greatest part of his healing. Amen? The Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ. But for me to die is gain. And so, beloved, while we're here, we will continue to trust in the name of Jesus to do what we cannot do. And he will continue to heal people like only he can do. Right. Pastor, I need, I need an application. Just like a Mexican needs a tortilla. I need, I need an application. Right? Number one, how do I apply this? You need to allow Jesus an opportunity to heal you in those places in your life that need the power of God for restoration. The Bible says that the Lord nurses them when they are sick and he restores them to health. I love that. He will will come and he will... He will begin to take care of you. You know when you go to the hospital, you have an RN that's there, registered nurse, you have an LPN, and they're there, and they will administer what you need. The doctors come in for 10 minutes. The doctors come in for 10 minutes and they'll say, you know, you're in pretty bad shape, but we're going to get you back. And they should tell the nurse, right? And only the nurse can read that. I mean, they've got this special vision. You look at it and you say, what in the world is that? Oh, this is this, this is this, right? And they restore you. See, God, not only is he the great physician, he's also a great nurse. Not only will he be there just to diagnose you, he will be there to heal you, and he'll be there in the restoration process. He doesn't leave you. He's always, always healing. Number two, trust in the name of Jesus to bring the restoration that you need. Trust in the name of Christ to bring the restoration that you need. Pastor, would you please pray for me? I sometimes have people say, Pastor, please pray for me. You pray for me. I'm I'm, I'm like, it doesn't matter who prays. If we pray in the name of Jesus, it is He that heals. Take your eyes off of a faith healer here on earth and put it into the faith healer who's in heaven. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The Bible says, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one that I praise. He doesn't leave us. Step number three, application number three. Take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. And pray for those around you in the name of Jesus. But pastor, that's your job. You're the pastor. No, 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 no. God calls everyone to be ministers. There's someone in your life right now, God has someone in your life that desperately needs Jesus. All you have to do is say, you know what, I'm going I'm to pray. I don't even know how to pray real great, real eloquent, but I'm going to pray for you that God touches you In Jesus' name. That's all you need to say. Trust that he is able to heal and restore. You see, there was this great apostle. His name was Paul. And everyone knows Paul. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. He took the gospel to distant lands. He was a student of the great teacher Gamaliel. But no one rarely ever knows who Ananias was. And Ananias was a disciple of Jesus. And when Paul was going into Damascus and Jesus allowed him to get blinded, he told Ananias, Ananias, go and pray for Paul so that he can have his eyesight restored. And Ananias went, ay, ay, ay. he's killing us. Go and pray for him. And the Bible says this, Ananias went and he found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, important, Jesus, he said, the Lord Jesus who you saw, who, who, who met you on the road, He sent me. The rest of the story is history. Paul was never the same. There's someone in your life that doesn't need the preacher to go pray for them. There's someone in your life that doesn't need the elder to go pray for them. There's someone in your life. They don't need Billy Graham. They don't need Franklin Graham. They don't need Carl Lentz. They don't need anyone. They need you. And more than that, they need Jesus. And the name that is above all names. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to save me from my sins. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. His name has the power to save. His name has the power to restore. His name has the power to heal. Help us, Lord, to trust in his name and lead us into truth in his name and enable us to bring glory to his name. And in the name of Jesus we pray and everyone said amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.